Welcome everyone to a new episode of the podcast where we ask the question, hey, do you remember the odds? I, re- I love that we went straight forward. We do. I remember. <laughs> Today, yeah, last week it was completely off the rails. This week it's get shit done. This week it, I have cold. I'm so sorry if my noise and my nose annoys people. Tom is apologizing for having bodily functions he has no control over. I was essentially um, not yelled at, but my coworkers forced me to take a nap yesterday because they're like, you're sick, you shouldn't even be working. And I said, but yeah. I, 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 it's weird. It's that problem. Like, I, I remember texting you about it. I got, te- mm-hmm. I started to have like sinus issues on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And immediately I'm just like, oh my God, is this COVID? Which first of all, co- sinuses is not a symptom of COVID. Okay. But I went and got a COVID test anyway, and it was negative. Mm-hmm. And immediately mm-hmm. I was like, oh, nice, I'm not sick. But then like a half hour later, I'm like, I still feel terrible. Like, right. it's this right. weird thing. Like, you know, we're so hyped up and panicking about COVID. It's like, oh, yeah, but you could still get sick, like with literally anything else. Yeah, you could still get bronchitis and pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I've been feeling like it's it's been cold season, so I've been getting really bad allergies. And then with setting up the gallery exhibition and allergies on Sunday, I felt so overstimulated. And like my eczema and allergies were acting up, so my face just felt like sandpaper. Mm. Like it felt like my skin, my cheeks were so irritated, my nose was irritated. And then I was getting my hair done too. So, like, to be, like, a nice-looking blonde and not a yellow blonde, you know, they're folding all the hair into the aluminum foil, and then you've got a few strands here and there, so it was just, like, the worst for, like, sensory overload and eczema. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, so I've been, um, I've been, um, hopped up on Benadryl, too, so I get it. Oh, yeah, I, um... Yeah. Luckily, it's a. I went to the first med again yesterday, and mm-hmm. it's a sinus infection, so it's not contagious. And I've been on the antibodies for twenty four hours. I feel significantly better than yesterday. It's just oh, all in my good. nose right now. Yeah, that still stinks though. Yeah. But yesterday, they my coworkers could absolutely hear because that's the thing. Like, I feel, I feel, I know I shouldn't, but because I work mm-hmm. from home, I'm like. There's no point, isn't it? I'm just going to sit here anyway, so I might as well work. But I'm like, oh, but I don't feel good. I should go to sleep. And luckily, I thank God to my coworkers. They were super nice. Let me take a nap. But, like, it is that wild thing. Like, two years ago, if I felt like this, I would have called out of work. Like, without a doubt. But now, because of, like, COVID and everything, like, our mindset Mm. is so, like, just not having COVID, you're grateful. But I'm like, yeah, but I'm still fucking sick. Right. I mean, I I was telling my mom about this. I think the way that we sort of categorically base things is just, um, like, mutated and evolved over time from when we were, like, cave people, and it was just, like, safe, not safe. Mm -hmm. So our current fear is COVID, right? Yeah. So then, you know, back to that, like, safe, not safe mentality, our, like first thought is going to be like covid not covid but we forget about everything else in between yeah yeah although uh 
flu rates have been down, but uh, maybe we just learned that uh, maybe the culture as a whole was reminded that we should do certain <laughs> things that we weren't doing necessarily before. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like um, even just the way we're talking about like scarcities too. Oh yeah. You know, like like all of a sudden we needed like lumber for this, we needed steel for this, and it's affecting our pricing everywhere. It's like suddenly people realized, oh, we need something that's like consistently renewable to actually be feasible for our economy to function. Yeah, a lot has been learned in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... And then so quickly, they're ready to be like, oh, new normal, everyone go back to work. And it's like, wait, wait, wait a second here. Oh, yeah, no, it's... Hang on, I'm gonna sneeze, sorry. Stop apologizing. Nope, no sneeze. Just a false alarm. Well, now you can apologize, that was rude. <laughs> It's a false alarm. Fake news. Oh, you just delivered no. fake news. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm worried you'll actually feel bad. No, I don't feel bad. Okay, okay, okay. I think I'm just at a default mellow for the last three days. I'm also genuinely afraid of, like, second winter post-pandemic. Hmm. Like, this is fine. This weather is fine. I love this but weather. But it, it's, it's getting a little close. Nah, that's perfect. Yeah. I love it. And I'm not ready for it, yeah. The best feeling is when I just leave the window open and it gets a little chilly. I love that. That's the mm. best. Um, I took a nice walk to Starbucks this morning and I brought my umbrella just in case. And then I was like, I felt so proud of myself when it started to downpour when I came out. And I was like, haha, I have my umbrella. Did it rain? Like... It did rain. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I didn't wake up until 9, no, 8.45, so I don't know. Oh, okay. I was I was up before then. No, you, I know you are. Of course you are. <laughs> You're a normal adult. I'm not. No, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that at all. But, like, I, I, I have stopped being able to just get up out of bed. Oh, yeah. If I set my alarm, I do kind of roll around for about an hour. I don't think I've ever lived in a situation where I, where the first alarm was the one I got up to. Mm. It, I don't think it's ever happened in my life. Mm. I used to. It used to be like the only thing I would do, and now I just can't do it. It's it's. But tough. I guess also, yeah. It's just, there's just not that fear anymore of if I don't get up right now, I'm gonna miss my train. Now I'm just kind of like, eh. Fair. I'll get to work. <laughs> and you did. You got to work. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, but okay. we're in it. We're speaking yeah. of the seasons. We're in it. We're in the eerie solstice. Yes. Today's very eerie. Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Today is very eerie. I love it. <laughs> Yesterday, there was the big social media meltdown. Oh yeah, Facebook got shut down. In the moment, and like after, like the, the moments after people were able to get back onto social media, I felt for like a very dramatic, over-exaggerated moment, like, oh my god, this is totally going to be treated like the blackout in the 2000s. Oh, yeah. 
And then with all of the memes, and then AOC is ranting about, like, the social media shutdown. I do see some of her points. I think some of them are a little bit, like, too over the top. Mm. What was she saying? She was saying that um, Facebook is too monopolistic because if one company owns all of these social media outlets, then, and they're all affected then it is affecting people's ability to communicate. It's affecting their small businesses, I, which that I do agree with. I actually, that I definitely agree with. I think yeah. I actually kind of, I get, I, I agree with that. You're, because, they, yeah, they own like what? WhatsApp, Instagram. I think they own a couple other things as well. Yeah, I didn't even realize that they bought WhatsApp. Like, when did that happen? I think a few years ago. But like, also, it's coincidental that this at power out, whatever out, it's not power out, it's just, uh, project configuration error, they, they call mm-hmm. it, coincidentally happened only like a day after the whistleblower reports. Oh. Are you aware of the whistleblower reports? No, what's that? Somebody, um, there was a Facebook whistleblower who went public on 60 Minutes on Sunday night, mm-hmm. pretty much mm-hmm. exposing, saying like, Facebook has known very clearly about how damaging it's uh marketing influence was Mm -hmm. and they've always had a choice like facebook has actively had a choice to limit or control the amount of information people receive and they've Mm -hmm. actively always chosen to go in the wrong direction like it's Mm -hmm. like it's hard to think like how can a social media like because you think like a social media platform is designed to your liking how is it affecting you but it's because facebook lives on engagement they'd rather you be on facebook mm-hmm. than anywhere else so they mm-hmm. actively have pushed according to the whistleblower and honestly this whistleblower just confirmed everything we already knew mm-hmm. uh hatred and anger makes you stay on a face on facebook longer than anything else so despite mm-hmm. them trying to promise to make the better effort to move forward and stop misinformation apparently they haven't they have only done about 3% of damage control following, you know, all the yeah, shenanigans. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what in what way would you measure the difference? You know what I'm saying? Like, how would you measure the difference in distributing news? Because, I mean, I haven't really had a Facebook for years now, so I don't know. But anytime I go on there, it feels like it's still the same. Well, because it's essentially they've had the information. And they've also seen, mm-hmm. like... The way they market and push uh, content to, you know, younger viewers, especially younger women, is incredibly Mm -hmm. damaging. So it's like they've Mm. had, like, it's very simple. It's very simple. It's how the algorithm works. It's, Mm -hmm. do we, because, like, the way it used to be, like, before Mm -hmm. everything, you know, algorithms have always been a part of the online market, but... Like when you, when we first used, like, let's say MySpace, which God bless MySpace, mm-hmm. MySpace never sparked an insurrection. God. Don't we miss MySpace now? Yes. I mean, my goodness. Like when you went on MySpace, you saw your wall and your wall was like all your posts for your friends were making. And it was, mm-hmm. it was completely chronological for like the first few years. And Facebook mm-hmm. was the same. Everything you saw was chronological. Then it became preferred. People you engaged more often with would be more shown up on your thing. Now mm-hmm. it's so because obviously there's branding and marketing on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Everything is so specific to create mm-hmm. a specific type of engagement. Like it's no longer a point where 
like we like to think like oh you you're on google and then you get an ad for something that you thought about like haha we get it but it's even more complicated than that it's what can we send this viewer to get them angry enough to stay on our platform longer like that's what it is mm-hmm. right now and then for younger mm-hmm. girls like how do we push different body images and market towards them like like if they look at fashion models how do we market something like dietary supplements like it's very damaging mm-hmm. protocols that from what the whistleblower says is has been known about for years and seems mm-hmm. to be a very easy fix and they just actively are like yeah but money though but this is working exactly you know yeah and i think the thing is about you know as you get older and we've talked about this before casually where um, people are so quick to be like, oh, look at what these girls are wearing on social media. And it's like they forget that when we were kids, we had our own version of that. Yes. You know, no, maybe it wasn't engaging with us on um, Instagram or Snapchat, but and maybe it's not like young people getting plastic surgery. But there was Paris Hilton eating the Carl's Jr. burger, Jessica Simpson dancing to these boots are made for walking. Like, we had our own versions of that. Every generation has their own version of that. So it's not that it's ever worse for the current generation. It's just that it mutates to, you know, hypnotize whatever the new generation is. So right now, it is young people getting plastic surgery and appearing on Instagram. Well, not even the young people, like very clearly with Facebook, like they know very clearly their demographic age is older on Facebook. And they're like, how do we, like, it's almost in a way makes me look at the people who fall for these rabbit holes of misinformation as victims because they are like, right. Like the biggest problematic figures are those with influence but, like, mm-hmm. the wild aunt or uncle who just says a bunch of wild shit, are they problematic? Yes. But what's their scope of influence? Not very high. They don't have that much influence. But they're, mm-hmm. in a way, a victim to a website that is specifically designed to keep them. In- like, imagine they probably would be a lot less hateful if they weren't made to stay on this website for a long time arguing about nothing. I mean, I know people, you know, it's, it's too, it's too much of our lives now. That's what was kind of nice about MySpace because you could engage with it for a little bit, but then you could easily detach yourself from it. I think we should start a petition to bring it back. Like I know that there was, um, we got to get Tom, we got to get Tom on board. Get MySpace. I mean, MySpace never really left, but like, it's just, we got to get MySpace Tom on board. He's got to be a part of it. We got to do this he'll lead the revolution i mean the scene is back baby emo culture so, yeah it's all here that's right so october is starting off very eerie mercury in retrograde is not helping oh something just went off that's my is that yours that's my google hey google stop <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to interrupt it's okay it was just really funny because I'm like, Mercury's in retrograde, and then all of a sudden you hear this like little like mystical, magical, like do do do. Yeah, Google's the worst. I'm sorry. No, why are you apologizing for Google? Tom, I don't Tom. Know. You gotta stop apologizing. Now you've used up your sorries all for right, the day. Alright, that's fair. You're right. No more sorries. 
Unless you, like, kick a baby. Don't kick a baby. I don't want to never kick a baby. Okay, that's, like, that's the only scenario where I'm like, you should definitely apologize for that. But, you know, for superfluous reasons, no more apologies. Okay. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about eerie, eerie. mystical stuff. Mm-hmm. Planets in weird places. Oh, that's a good, that's a good uh, transition. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're on to our next episode of our eerie solstice season. Yes. Yay. And this one's a little bit of a hodgepodge. Yes, it is. It's, we're breaking the rules a little bit. But breaking I made, the rules. I made sure to pick a movie that exists in the aughts. And I think mm-hmm. it's, I think, like, even though some of these movies, like, let's just say I didn't talk, I didn't pick it to talk about, which I know is a sin to a lot of people, but Hocus Pocus was definitely on the mindset of a lot of people in the aughts. Sure. So it's like, you know, we, the aughts definitely had that, especially like emo kids and shit like that, which culture was mm-hmm. definitely a thing starting at least. And that's why this episode is, Courtney. It's our favorite witches. We're doing a whole episode just about our favorite witches. Yay! Also, Yay. I figure I start mm-hmm. off this episode drawing a tarot card that I just shuffled. Oh, what is it? Let me see. Hang on. I just want to get the noise for effect. I don't know if it's showing Did you it. see the? Did you see the cat meme tarot card no, sweater I, that I got? I did not. Oh my god. Okay. So there is this amazing artist in Bangkok. She goes by Ping Hada. Okay. And she makes tarot card designs, but in the tarot card is a cat meme. So I got Joe the Magician card. Nice. <laughs> and I wanted the moon, and it's of two cats, and they're like big old bellies. Aww. And I love that. Um, they got me the wrong size, so I gave it to Eric. Okay. They let me keep it for free, and then they ordered me a small, and I just got it. Nice. And your sister, Jonna, fell in love with it. Nice. <laughs> it was messaging me. and was like, oh, my God, I need this. This is amazing. And <laughs> so I think she ended up ordering something from that Excellent. site, too. Yeah, it's amazing. All right, so drum rolls. This is the card for today. Reverse Knight of Swords. Oh, okay. That was not what I was anticipating. Fuck knows if that means. Hey, Google. What is the Knight of Swords? Twenty twenty one witchcraft. Ask Google. Knight of Swords is a card used in Latin suited playing cards, which include tarot decks. It is part of what tarot card readers call the minor arcana. Tarot cards are used throughout much of Europe to play tarot card games. That didn't help. <sighs> All right, um, now I have to do this. Reversed. She's too basic. That's Knight what it is. Of swords. Okay, while you do that, I do kind of want to go on a little bit of a witchcraft rant. Can I go on a little bit of a witchcraft rant? Yes. Okay, so, you know, when we were kids. Mm hmm. When I was, like, in the ninth grade, I used to buy necklaces with stones in them. Like, I still have my amethyst necklace 
from when I was in the ninth grade. I was called a witch. Were you? Actually, just recently I was called a witch again. Oh, Jesus. Really? It, but this time it was a compliment. Oh, well, yeah. I, now it's a compliment. Yeah. Back then it wasn't. Back then it wasn't. Um, and I used to wear, like, amethyst and jade, and I would have, like, jewelry with the evil eye on it. Now that's everywhere, right? Now um, Heidi Pratt and Spencer Pratt from the hills have their own line of crystals and that's just like how far the health and wellness and also like the health and wellness industry has sort of appropriated and taken the sort of like mystical and um like these ancient traditions from other cultures and appropriated them into the health and wellness industry um because now it's popular and I think what happened was around 2015, 2016, things started to go a little bit dour. That's when everyone started getting afraid of what the election was going to look like. People were suddenly getting into these trends of the tattoo choker necklaces, and then it starts dissolving into like, what other trends are really cool from that time period? And I think that's why things like the craft became really popular again in 2016. Uh, pastel goth became yeah. really trendy, you know, and then, like, wearing, like, the deep red lipstick, the shirts with the crisscrossing thread in front of the boobies. Um, it all kind of builds up this thing to, like, witchcraft becoming a more popular and acceptable thing. When we were kids, like, we were seen as, like, people who could possibly, like, murder classmates. I got called a school, uh, I, I got called a serial killer in class one time. Right. That did happen to you. It was not nice. And, and fuck that person. I know what she's up to now. Oh, you fuck do that know person. what she's up to? I have no I idea do, what she's I do, I do. And we will have to talk about it after this. That's amazing, but. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about it after. Yes, but um, yeah, you're you're right in that there was a rise in like spiritualism and alternative practice, and I think when you look kind of at especially in American history, we tend to have these cycles of more. It's not just America. It's like when there's mm -hmm. dis when there's doubt and distrust of the of the state of the establishment at bay, and when there's like a cultural like shock people mm -hmm. tend to be drawn to per different perspectives and different alternative ways of thinking and i think it's both good and bad because it's good in mm -hmm. that you can expand your perspective and look into things you wouldn't have otherwise looked into but it's bad because uh when the summer of love failed a bunch of hippies just joined jesus cults and murdered people mm -hmm. so like it's a double-edged sword right exactly so, and I think that's what's happening now, too. Um, There's definitely you know, more all these people... cults now than there ever were before. Right, right. Um, and, I, you know, I think so around this time that tattoo choker necklaces are coming back, the craft is becoming popular. I'm not going to lie. I never knew what the craft was until this, know? like, 2016. No, I had no idea. I love the craft. I've always loved the craft. I think I would like the craft. You I've never watched like it. You would like the craft. Okay, okay. And then, you know, around that same time, Hocus Pocus, like, people in our generation establish that this thing that they love is Hocus Pocus. They and then, did. Yeah, and then it just, 
became too much like pumpkin spice lattes. Oh my god. You know? Which I like pumpkin spice lattes, but you know. I mean I liked Hocus Pocus too. Oh, Witch Talk is a whole but. beast in itself. I remember which TikTok got in trouble. Not not TikTok, but like all these young witches on TikTok tried to like curse the moon. It, it was this wild. It was wild. Okay. Sure. sure. Exactly. Witch talk. That's a thing. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't know. I've read this book that I, I really enjoy, which I feel like is odd, oddly very fitting to like what's happening in the world. Um, It was called um, All the Birds in the Sky. And it's about, like, these two childhood friends who are pulled apart because of, like, different traumatic scenarios. One is incredibly gifted in computers. One is an incredibly gifted witch. Um, They find each other again, like, years later as adults. One is, like, this beaming, um, like, almost, like, Elon Musk wannabe tycoon. The other one is kind of just like a waitress, but she's actually like a very, very talented witch undercover with that. And the world is ending, like environment, climate change has finally taken over. And then they kind of find themselves on opposite ends of the spectrum. He believes that like to save humanity, they have to go into space. She believes that that attempt is actually what will destroy the earth. And then it comes to a really great like mystical ending but at the same time, like, the fantasy, like, the ending is the truly, like, fantasy element to it. And I don't think that our answer will be, like, a book ending. No. And also, no. I like the idea that it's a combination of the two. You need science and a little bit of magic. Yeah. Because if you rely right? too much on magic, you become an anti-vaxxer. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Like, we don't address this enough, but some of these holistic crystal mommies are a lot of times uh, conspiracy theorists themselves. Well, that's what's really funny is there are some um, content creators that I follow on Instagram. Young Me Meyer is one of them, where she's like, you fucking Karens out here are so nasty to us on the comments. And then I go to your pages and you're all like, oh my God, live, laugh, love, like peace. This is a safe space. Safe space. Yeah. But let's talk about the movies. Do you want to start with your movie? Let's talk about what we want to do. Yes. Okay. I'm going to start with the classic. And like I said, like, Hocus Pocus is not any of our picks. Just. Everyone's going to be mad, but that's okay. Everybody's going to be mad, but keep listening because our suggestions are better. (laughs) Um. My first suggestion, or, like, my first pick is Teen Witch. Yes. From 1989. It's got the perfect mix of terrible music, white kids rapping and having a rap battle. Yeah, that did happen. And <laughs> top that. Supersonic, idiotic, disconnected, not respected. Who would ever really want to go and top that? Um, they did have a rap battle. Um, the obnoxious kid brother gets turned into a dog and has no issues whatsoever after he gets turned back into a boy. (laughs) 
Yes. Also, that younger brother, I recognized him, which because yes. I, I watched Teen Witch for the first time like a week ago. Just for the first time? What's up? You just watched Teen Witch for the first time? It yes. was never like you never watched it on Disney? No. Really? Mm-hmm. But um Oh my god. Yeah, that kid, he was in um a couple of movies I immediately recognized him for, and I was like, no way. He was in a uh, Near Dark, fantastic yes. vampire movie that I fucking love, which mm-hmm. I wanna give a lot of praise and love to Catherine Bigelow, great director who made this amazing oh, she's horror great. movie. Yeah. She's great. But uh what else was he? He was in a couple of things. I was like, no way. He was Do you in- know do you know who his dad is? No. His dad is the actor who played the priest in The Exorcist. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. He was also in Class of 1999, which I genuinely love that movie. Oh, okay. I've never seen that one. It's 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 wild. It's just fun. It's just fun post-apocalyptic teenage antics. It's got Malcolm McDowell in it. Oh, he's great. Oh, yeah. His son just got married. Really? Good for him. Mm-hmm. To Lily Collins. Did not know that. Oh, wait. I do know this movie because I talked about it with you and Dave when we had to watch it for my class. Or we watched part of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I do know this movie. This movie is bizarre. I haven't seen the whole thing, but it is great. Oh, yeah. So let's talk more about Teen Witch. Yeah, so, you know, classic, it, it like, tries really hard to be a classic rom-com, but then at the same time wants to be about magic, and so she, um, she's not cool, she's not a cool girl, even though I loved her clothes became, before she became popular. Yeah. And then the guy that she likes almost runs her over. <laughs> yeah and then like doesn't even check to make sure she's okay she stumbles to a house and tries to like use the phone and then it's uh zelda known as madame serena in this movie mm-hmm. i forget her last name it's like rubenstein or something like that yep, zelda, zelda rubenstein, rubenstein yeah yeah and um then Z- madame serena tells her that She's actually the reincarnation of a very powerful witch, and she gets this amulet, and she starts kind of leading her in what to do with her magical powers, like, you know, become the most popular girl in school, get the popular boy to fall in love with you, start making fake money, yeah. turn your brother into a dog. Oh. <laughs> classic, classic teen stuff, you Random know? rap battle. I was confused. This is in a rap battle. <laughs> Did this is this movie because it's not there's only like two songs in it but they break out into song for no reason twice but yeah, it's not yeah, a musical and, yeah but I love that <laughs> it confused me <laughs> I mean I feel like there are a lot of rom coms that do do that you know I, that's the thing is like I don't think this movie knew quite what it wanted to be if it wanted to be a full-on witch movie or if it wanted to be a rom-com I mean the things that stuck out to me the most from when I was a kid like I haven't gone back and watched this movie I just really remember loving it as a kid my the one thing was that I liked her clothes before she became popular I thought they were way better 
And then also I remember like the very sexy, steamy makeout scene where they like find an abandoned house and they like make out in it. That's and right. As a kid, as a kid, even then I was like, well, they're gonna fuck. They're gonna have yeah. the sex. I'm pretty sure there's like saxophone music playing in the background. Sixteen-year-old girl, although she's like, how old was she? She's probably like in her late twenties. They were all in their late. I don't 20s. know. Yeah, that's Blake Lively's sister. Is it? Mm-hmm. Robin know. Lively. Wow. Mm-hmm. The more you know. And um, I don't even like really remember what happens in the end. I think it just she kind of realizes like, wow, I'm unhappy. All of my loved ones don't like this new version of me. And then, like, she puts everything back to the way it was. Yeah, that's that's how it ended. That's it ended basically it, right? Because she got the love potion to turn the guy she likes into loving her. But mm-hmm. she's like, but you gotta be yourself. Like, that's the whole point of the story. <laughs> is you gotta be yourself. You gotta be yourself, even if you're a, a up-and-coming late 80s rap, uh, hip-hop, white artist. Yeah. You gotta be yourself and do the rap battle. You gotta do the rap battle. That was my takeaway from the movie. Um, and yeah, I, I just, like, really remember, like, the rap scene and the weird montage of her becoming popular where she's wearing the cute outfit and then everyone is just, like, walking behind her like a parade. Yeah. It just kind of makes you wonder, like, who wrote this and how disconnected are they actually to teens that they think their idea of being popular is, like, being followed by a bunch of people. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, man. I don't know, I, it's just so, um, it's such a classic movie to me, so that was my first pick. Hey, it's a good one to go with. Yeah. So what's your first pick? Um, I'm gonna talk about the craft. Oh, you are going to talk about the craft. Perfect. I want to talk about the craft. I want to talk, talk about, about the craft. I've always loved the craft. I remember my okay. mom showed it to us when we were younger, and I was just like, I love this movie. It's Also, this movie, I think it came out around the same time, if not after. I think it came out a little after um, Scream, because this movie features Nev Campbell. So, like, mm. God bless her. Love her very much. She's and, great. And a Skeet Ulrich. This movie has Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, Christine Taylor's in it, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, a good amount of people are in this movie. And it's just, it's a, you know, 90s coming-of-age story. Kids in high school, the unpopular witchcraft girls end up finding real witchcraft powers, and then one becomes too dangerous. And it's it's honestly, like, a lot of fun. Some of the the mm-hmm. effects are really cool. It's just a good time. I don't mean, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. It's just a good time. I, oh, dang. It came out the same year as Scream. Yes. What a good year for Nev Campbell. Exactly. I would say this definitely hits that, like, because it's like a trio of, like, outcasts, you mm-hmm. know, the, and it just kind of hits that feeling like, you know, you're an outcast, you're an alt kid, and then, like, all that matters is the three of you and then all of a sudden things start happening and you're like that self-esteem comes up and you're like mm-hmm. wouldn't well, that's like a cathartic fantasy of like hey, isn't it cool that you know these three are like me or like anyone who's not like popular all of a sudden has the power but then you see how it can corrupt and go wrong it's like you know it's just a, it's like an old wise tale retold in a 90s angsty package 
Right, right. It kind of tells a similar story as Teen Witch, but I think definitely leans more into the consequences and sort of the scary element of like, well, what happens when someone who feels like they're wronged by society has too much power? Exactly. And it's also... Versus um, like Teen Witch is just getting new clothes. Yeah. I will say this movie also dives more into like the witchcraft. Like you see, like obviously Mm -hmm. a lot of it isn't like, I guess, true to Wiccan form, but there is a lot of actual like references and talk of like witchcraft, the triple goddess, you know, things like that. And then like, Mm -hmm. it gets gross. Cause it's like, Mm. like if you, if you, I think what's the curse. It's like, if you do something bad to someone, it comes back to you twofold. And there's some really wicked scenes of like body modification due to witchcraft. It's wild. It's, Mm. it's, it gets really, it's a good movie. It's, it's, I, I say watch it if you haven't seen it. I want to watch that one. I also want to watch, um, Witches of Eastwick. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one either, but I really like the cast. Um, I mean, it's like Michelle Pfeiffer, Susan Sarandon, and Cher. Oh, yes. It's a great cast. Yes, it is. Yes. Um, But my first experience with the craft, like I had mentioned, was not until the sort of like resurgence of witchy stuff. And Mm -hmm. I think also just as we get older, you know, we can kind of admit, oh, remember this thing? Yeah, it wasn't seen as cool back then, but I liked it. And now people can kind of admit like, oh, I liked this thing, too. Um. So I think that kind of leads into it as well. My first experience with the craft was on Tumblr. <laughs> that seems like a perfect place. Yeah, and it would be that um, gif of when they're at the bus stop and the bus driver tells them, like, you guys should get home. Like, you're going to run into a bunch of weirdos and monsters. And then she's like, we are the weirdos and the monsters. Yeah. Um. So I didn't know of the movie until that specific gif and then i started looking it up and it just started getting around on like instagram and tumblr um it's a very like tumblr movie it is 100 you know I mean? yeah yeah i will say something that also is cool about this movie because they go to a catholic school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there is like that parallel of like you know ritualistic symbology like they're in a setting where you're kind of like people don't acknowledge that as much in america I mean, catholicism isn't the main religion of america but if you grew up catholic you grew up around a lot of strong striking images and symbols and mm-hmm. it's very mm-hmm. like you can make that parallel to you know the real ritualistic manners of like wiccan and things like that and see like just by, I don't know, it's it's an interesting parallel. I couldn't go, I'm too sick to think more than that. No, I get what you're saying. Um, I'll, I'll help extrapolate it a little bit. Yeah, Because, you. you're welcome. People forget that there is such, um, a, like, mysticism and Catholicism and, like, Christianity actually go hand in hand. It goes all the way back to, you know, the Puritans and, like, the witch trials, you know? It is this, like, fear of this other thing. Um, But so that means that they're very connected. I feel like there are lots of movies and books where, um, you know, witches discover who they are in a Catholic school or specifically a boarding school. There are a lot with boarding schools. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Like there's that one movie, The Coven. Oh. Did you ever watch that movie? No, but you've told me about The Coven. Oh boy, Sebastian Stan. Wait, that could be like, on the list, right? That was a 2000s movie. I mean, it could be on the list. I wouldn't say that uh, it's a good movie. But it's a witch movie. I wouldn't say that it's a good movie. It's just about a bunch of like sexy boarding school witch boys versus the evil sexy witch boys. The evil ones, yes. Yeah. But I think that there is kind of this connection between um, like when we think of like sort of like colonial um, upper crust white New England folks with witchcraft because of our relation to Salem. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, there are some supernatural things that are, like, very tied to um, how they relate to Christianity. Like, everything in Supernatural is, like, by the book. If you are using witchcraft, if you are a vampire, your soul is sealed to go to hell, you know, so they take it very literally. Um, yeah, so I, I think that there is always that connection. Hell Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, should we go to my second pick? Yes. What is your second pick? Okay. So my second pick is one that came out in the 2000s. And I'm glad that I switched to this one instead because then I found out my third one was not made in the 2000s. It was actually made in the 90s. But my second pick is Hayao Miyazaki's Howl's Moving Castle. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was originally going to pick Kiki's Delivery Service because she is the iconic witch. But Howl's Moving Castle is objectively my favorite Miyazaki movie. That's fair, yeah. I went to go see it instead of go to our eighth grade dance. That's awesome. Yeah. I I don't know. I have, like, such a love for Miyazaki movies specifically because, like, my mom always, like, encouraged to go see the movies with me when we were, like, when we were kids. So, you know, my mom would take me to that abandoned movie theater where no one else was watching it. And we, she's like, okay, like, the new one's coming out. Let's go see it. Um, but, like, Howl's Moving Castle is so good. And, you know, that movie is basically about um, this little... She's not little. I think she's about, like, 19 or so. Um, but the main character is Sophie. And she works for a hat shop. And she is whisked away by Howl, and the Wicked Witch of the Waste uh, is jealous of her because she once had a love affair with Howl, and she turns her into an old lady. Oh, wow. So, Sophie, realizing that her mom cannot see her as an old lady, um, decides to, like, go on a journey to find her other sister who lives far away, but she ends up getting up into um, Howell's Moving Castle and pretending to be a cleaning lady. And then you find out that, like, Howell is, like, the strongest warlock that there is, but part of that is um, any witch or warlock who needs, who, like, uses their practice has to respond to the government. Interesting. And... Anybody who does not participate um, either gets their power stripped away from them or they've made a deal with a demon. Mm. 
and um, basically the the country that Sophie and Howell live in is at war with another country and Howell does not want to be a part of it. So, you know, it's also part of like Sophie's journey to accept herself for who she is and to love herself, but also, you know, it's about Howell accepting responsibility and not running away from a situation and actually saying like, I care about something, I want to protect something and I'm not going to be a part of your war, I'm not going to be a weapon. Miyazaki says that this is his magnum opus. I do think critically Spirited Away is his most, you know, famous film. But I do understand why Miyazaki made this movie as a commentary about America's involvement in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I love this movie. I love the music. And also, Christian Bale as Howell is perfect. That, yeah, I was going to say Mm-hmm. He's I know, amazing. I know it's a sin, but I haven't seen these movies. Listen, I mean, okay. Like, we could go on a whole chat about how, like, when I was a kid and I watched Miyazaki movies at the time, nobody, nobody really watched these movies. And I was, like, the one weirdo who was bringing Spirited Away to sleepovers. <laughs> I know, like, but, oh, yeah. like, I'm supposed to have seen it by now. I know people are getting mad that I haven't. I'm actually, you know what? I'm going to watch them, finally. I mean, I think they're great. Some people, I feel like it's turning into the Beatles. Where a little bit, yeah. It's turning a little bit into the Beatles in the sense that, like, people worldwide have realized, like, oh, wow, this is really exceptional and it's beautiful and mystical and then there are some people who just definitely want to say they don't like it. I know. I never said I don't want to don't like no, it. No, no. I'm I, not I, saying you are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, like, for me, like, my entire childhood was people not seeing these movies. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, like, I'm really glad that I spent those times, like, going to go do that thing with my mom. And, like, that being a memory that we have. And then by the time Ponyo comes out, it's, like, it's weird that between Howl's Moving Castle and Ponyo, there are five years. And somewhere within that five years, people finally realize, like, oh, Miyazaki makes good movies. I don't know what happened in that five years for people to realize that. Oh, yeah, but Mm -hmm. I will watch them, I promise. I promise that. You should. You should. They're good. Wait. You could start with, like, a really weird one, like Porco Rosso. I would love that. <laughs> Although I did watch um one of his earlier works. It wasn't his original. He did um a Lupin the Third movie. Lupin the Third was one of his first ones, yeah. The Castle Castrio. Ca- blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Caliostra? Cali, yes. And I love that movie. I also love that property, right. so I'm biased to have always liked it. I'm also biased to, like, love Lupin. Like, the concept of Arsene Lupin in anything. I think the, the new movie is out on Netflix. I think so. You um, know, in Persona 5, Lupin is a big character. Is he actually in Persona? Well, yes and no. Okay. So, the whole point is that, like, they're thieves, right? So yeah. So, they're... 
they're like powerful beings that protect them and you fight with are all famous thieves through history. So uh, your main character, his being is Arsene Lupin, and Lupin the Third is supposed to be the grandchild of Arsene Lupin. I didn't know that. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All right. You just love a good gentleman thief. A good gentleman thief. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Do you want me to do? Is it my third pick? I don't know. Or second. No, it's your second pick. Oh, second pick. Okay. My second pick is an arts movie, and it's. I don't know if I'm. It's okay. If you look up the, if you look up this movie, it shows up as witchcraft, but I won't say why. And okay. I will not talk a lot about this movie, but uh, House of the Devil from 2009. What's it called? The House of the Devil. Oh, you mentioned this to me. Yeah, it's a it's a really... I wasn't sure at first when I liked it because it is a slow burn. It's a very... takes its time. It's filmed like a 70s movie. It felt like watching it a lot of it, a little bit like... The 74 Black Christmas, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Greta Gerwig um, is in this. Yeah, it's a it's a good movie. It's it's creepy. It's got a lot of atmosphere. It is a slow burn. Okay. Oh, wait, Lena Dunham's in this movie, too. Huh, interesting. It's a... But I don't want to say too much. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's a nice throwback. It's got a lot of atmosphere. It is creepy. There is witches in there somewhere. I can't say anything without spoiling it. So that's really all I want to say about it. But I wanted to include it because it is a 2000 movie. Mm-hmm. Came out in 2009. I mean, Greta Gerwig, I, I just pulled up a picture of her at I, on IMDb in this movie. And her whole outfit is very, like her whole look is very aughts. And I, I tried to match this hair. And I was never capable of it because of Ott's hair products. But it's like the short hair that flips out. Yeah. Yeah. Like trying to sort of do the Farrah Fawcett thing, but only with short hair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's got like the dark eyeshadow on. Interesting. I've never, I I did not hear about this movie until you texted me about it. Yeah, it's like, but. it is well known in the horror community, like, the mm-hmm. director makes appearances, people are, love this movie. I didn't necessarily love it at first, but I watched it again, and I really liked it more. I think it okay. was hard the first time, because it is very slow. Mm. It is very slow, it's about a girl who's in real need of cash, and accepts this weird babysitting job that would pay for the things that she needs. You know, a typical story of someone in a vulnerable situation taking on a task that might be too much... Oh, that sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, it's I do, good. I do get very um, interested in, like, horror concepts where they're clearly keeping information out. Mm-hmm. Because then I'm curious. Like, I think the guy who plays Ron Weasley, Rupert Grint, he's in some weird show about, like, like, they hire a babysitter, and, like, the babysitter is for, like, this wooden doll, you know, or something like that. Or, like, they won't accept that the baby is not really there, so what's going on? Ah, um, okay. I do find those interesting. Yeah. When they, like, leave information out. But that's my second pick. Cool. Okay. So, my third pick is a direct-to-video film. Uh-oh, what is it? 
This one's Casper meets Wendy. Casper meets Wendy. Yeah. I love it so far. Casper meets Wendy. It is technically the third Casper movie. Um, but it was like a direct-to-film, uh, like a direct-to-movie, like VHS. Like, it never had a release in theaters. I just only got it at Blockbuster. Nice. And it's got Hilary Duff in it. And she plays Wendy, the little witch. And I did not know this, but uh, Wendy is actually an old character from the Casper franchise. I thought that they just kind of made it up to appeal to young girls like me at the time. But so, um, basically, like, you know, Casper has his three uncles who pick on him. Wendy is kind of in a parallel situation where, like, she has three aunts who pick on her. Okay. But... I mostly liked this film just because of, like, Wendy. She's, like, this cute little spunky witch. Everything she does is red. She has this great onesie as, like, a cape. Slash, That's awesome. Like, like it's, it's kind of like what a cape would be for a witch, but it's got little footsies. Shit. And it's in red. All of her outfits are red. And all of her magic, when she does magic, it's red. She has a little red gem at the end of her wand. Um, and you had mentioned Hocus Pocus at the beginning of the movie. And I feel like the witches very much take influence from that. The ants. Yeah. Um, one of the ants is Shelley Duvall. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And... This, I thought, was such a strange uh, casting choice. The main aunt is Kathy Moriarty, who has this really raspy voice, and that's kind of her thing. Okay. And then I thought for a second, wait, isn't that the raspy voice of the female villain in the first Casper movie? They casted her in both movies, that's even wild. though she dies in the first one. Wow. She's not the same person. She's a different character. But they hired her again for this one. That's wild. Yeah, is so it, I mean... Is it still in the same canon? Like, I don't know. No, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. But I think even at the time, my mom was like, isn't that the same person? So, you know, I, I, there's like a little bonding montage where she meets Casper and they do fun things together but n nobody seems to notice that this little girl is just hanging out with something invisible I think there's only one moment when she when he's like pulling her on a skateboard and she's like laughing and having a good time that the other kids in the town are like what the heck is happening but that's about it like they show her, like, sitting on a stoop listening to music with headphones on, and she's sharing it with Casper, so there's just floating headphones. And it's like, nobody's concerned about this? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I would not say that it's any good. I wouldn't say It's nostalgic it. charms. It's got, it's got that era. Like, yeah. I would, you know... I was gonna bring up Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost, because I absolutely love Scooby-Doo and the right. Witch's Ghost. Right. But it's like, it's 1997, I think. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, maybe I'd want to do a different thing on Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. I fucking mm. love Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. 
Right, so this one came out in 1998, and I, I just think that, like, a particular component of this movie that is very, like, late 90s aughts is that the main character has her color, and that all of her wardrobe is this color. Yeah. Like, when she doesn't have her little footed onesie on when she's, like, doing her magical thing, she has red overalls and a red bucket cap. <sighs> She'd be very cool now. Very cool. Yeah. And it's Hillary Duff. So. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just had that cough. I told you, you're out of apologies oh, today. <laughs> well. Okay. Do I will do my last one. Yes. My last one is The Witch. Mm-hmm. From 2015. Oh. This movie, Robert Edgers, oh. he's definitely made a name for himself in the horror scene. And it has one of my favorite actors, Anya Taylor-Joy. This movie is just depressing and miserable. God, this movie's so good, though. Did you watch it? I did watch it. I watched it with Joe. This is, like, one of the more... I would not expect you to watch this, because it is very gruesome and gross. But it's kind of not. But it is. It's kind of not. (laughs) No, well, it's, it's not, not. You know, it's, it's because, not exploitive. It's not exploitive, but it's still... What they... It, I mean, I want you to go into the movie, but, like, I feel like... Okay, when we watched it, I knew everything that was going to happen already, and I was still scared because the way that they build up the scenes, like, your anticipation for it and the music and the quietness of the moments, like, leading up to the climax make you more scared because you're expecting something terrible to happen and then it's followed by like the quietest of moments oh yeah and then you're like okay so there were a lot of moments where i was like gripping a pillow and like turning because i was like waiting for something scary to happen and then nothing would happen yeah this movie is a slow burn it's very dreadful very dreary the camera shots linger on for a long time it's very Aesthetic. It's a very gorgeous looking movie, mm-hmm. capturing this just deprived, sad. Like it. Like the context of the situation is: this is a Puritan family who are so Puritan they get kicked out of the Puritan village. Right. Exactly. Like they're, which back then, like that's a death sentence. Like they essentially like when you're kicked out of the community, especially in the New World, that's right. a death sentence because, like, one you're there's not a good likelihood you're even going to survive and second like what's going to happen with your kids how do you continue the family lineage they literally got casted out the thing that i could not handle was any of the stuff with the crow and the mother Mm. that i was like i don't know i'm I'm not i can't (laughs) And just all the attention, the detail, the use of very yeah. specific old English language. Like, he spent months, I think even longer than that, researching the old language to make sure it was you know, as accurate as possible. And just everything about this movie, it puts, it definitely puts you in, like, you know what it is? I was thinking about this movie recently when I watched the um, Fear Street trilogy on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the third Fear Street does take you back to like old witch times. Oh, cool. Um, a lot of people loved it. I didn't care for it. And I thought okay. that because it's hard to sell, especially when like you could tell their influence was the witch. 
but the witch or like it's hard it's it's i don't know but anything it's hard to there's a fine line between being inspired by and then being lazy and relying on something exactly like a lot of people Mm -hmm. love that at climax because there's a very big um in fear street the final it, it there is this really it is a nice like strong like queer you know queer message but at the same time i felt it was pandering and not nearly as well delivered but i could just be you know being an old man screaming a cloud so i don't want to that's just my fourth but um with with the witch what it really there's so much to unpack and break down about it because there's like the psychological separation the the isolation the dreariness there's so much to talk about with this movie that you know i i just loved even if you don't want to look deep into it in the psychology of like the puritanical way of life isolation but if you Mm -hmm. even just want to look at it for the very surface level things you know the witchcraft Black Phillip, the greatest goat ever on film. Like Black Phillip. This movie is just it's a it I do have to give a warning, it's a very dreadful experience. It's not one that you would put on at a party and I mean, although the soundtrack is fucking awesome. Like I remember mm-hmm, I went to mm-hmm. Salem two years ago and mm-hmm. there was this um there was this art there was this art convention outside of the main downtown uh Salem. Oh yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. It was in like old Salem. It was like in this like recreational center that's supposed to recreate old times. And it's like mm-hmm. in the woods. And there was all this like, it was just creepy. There was jack-o'-lanterns everywhere and witches and just this music was playing. It was such an experience. I loved it. So that's why I went with The Witch as my final pick. The Witch, I, w- I was going to mention it earlier in the episode, but I, I, I held my tongue because I thought maybe that's one of your picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I feel like that's a really good example of like how connected witchcraft is to Christianity. You know, I mean, like the bond between like the devil and the witch. You know, um, but I don't know. I I really did like this movie. Of course, I was still terrified, but I just like the way that they handled it better than some other movies. Mm-hmm. Um. I couldn't watch anything with that crow scene and just like the first 15 minutes of the movie. I mean, my God just sets the tone for the rest of it. (laughs) It's just like, we're doing this right here off the bat. This is happening. But even that, like they don't, I, I think this movie's strength is how it restrains itself from showing the viewer everything they don't give you a lot of the details you just sort of like see the leading up to and the aftermath yeah so that's why i did really like it and why i could watch it the one of the creepiest scenes for me is when the younger brother caleb oh totally he gets gets lost in the woods and there's that witch she like turns herself into like this young beautiful beautiful and there's just it's just this slow scene and it's just drawing you in, and the music's and you just amping know. up. Yeah, it's so because you know something bad's gonna happen. It's so wild. That's what I like about this movie. Like, it doesn't treat its audience like they need everything spoon fed. Like, you can watch that scene and know, like, oh, this kid, he's done. Um, and I like that. But that's a pretty good example of where, like, I really thought shit was gonna go down. So, like, he comes back to his family, right? 
and they're yeah. like praying around his body and he just starts saying stuff i kept waiting for like satan's voice to come out of him or for him to like get monstrous like i was waiting for that jump scare that makes me freak out but that never happened he just you know he yeah. just <laughs> breath leaves his body and that's the sort of thing where like you know sometimes all you need is for like the viewer to fill in what they think is going to happen yeah yeah a hundred percent it's a great movie yeah i feel like anya taylor joy's face has changed a lot since 2015 and i know she's spoken pretty honestly and openly about feeling insecure about her looks but like I don't know. If you look at her face now compared to this movie, I've seen a lot of changes. And I know, like, modern-day feminism should be, like, people should be able to do whatever what they want with their bodies. But, you know, we were talking earlier about, like, how young celebrities can influence young people. And I feel like, you know, if she's getting a lot of plastic surgery done, you know, I just worry about, like, what that is doing to young viewers who admire her. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. But at least she speaks pretty openly about it, like, stemming from an insecurity. Oh, absolutely. Like, you just gotta be honest. Because that's the thing, like, we shouldn't... Body modification's a very personal thing, and it's like, mm -hmm. you gotta make... But, like, I think honesty and talking about it is more important than, like... Because the problem, I think, especially in the aughts, mm -hmm. a lot of plastic surgery was being done, but nobody addressed it. Mm -hmm. so it made it made it this game of like did they don't they but then it's also like you set the expectation for natural beauty so high that it's in like i know it and it's it's much more obvious with women to be like oh the we set the beauty standard so high that it's unattainable and it's and it's going to set everyone up for failure mm -hmm. but then it's also very true for men too like Mm -hmm, like when mm -hmm. you when you set the example as like these ripped ultra like ultra built well-developed individuals that mm -hmm. requires like an immense amount of work and oftentimes a lot of extra help from the certain supplements yeah Kamel Nanjani getting ripped for a Marvel movie yeah so it's like these that's an unrealist expectation to set on boys to see like oh I could be he-man it's like you can't be he-man Right, right. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's part of the problem is that, um, so we're highlighting these people as like gorgeous, beautiful, um, like just the epitome of attractiveness, right? Whether it's male, female, or anything else. Um, but the, the problem is, is that when that is, um, when that is attributed to different things like plastic surgery or having a trainer that works with you 24-7 and that is essentially your job is to get ripped and eat sprouts for 10 weeks. That's, you know, that just sort of makes it feel impossible for people to obtain that level. And we want to see ourselves in movies. We want to see ourselves in film and TV because like that's what we want to connect to. We want somebody who we can relate to. So yeah. putting those kinds of pressures on celebrities just make it that much more harder for regular people to, like, feel like they can obtain. And also, like, it just doesn't seem healthy for the celebrities themselves. Like, Chris Pratt's an asshole now. 
Yeah. Yeah, he sold out. It's sad. Yeah. But what can you do? Yeah. But um, I like to call it Vivich. I know it's the, the witch, Vivich, but I like, yeah. I like to call it Vivich. Yeah. Because um, it's got that solid... 2V looking thing, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a solid choice to end on. I, I do you. like the language that they use, even though the way they talk, it was really hard for me to figure out what was going on for the first five minutes. <laughs> but I like that. You're right. Like, I, I feel like when they don't do that in movies, there's a disconnect. Then I already feel like I can't get into the time and, and place because they're just speaking like regular modern day people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Excellent choice. Thank you. What has been your obsession this week? Sex education. Oh, yeah? It's a good show. It, I, I think so, too. It's like, it's a mix of, like, Degrassi and the movie uh, Charlie Bartlett, which I love that movie. Aww, Charlie it's like Bartlett. this nerdy, smart kid ends up becoming well-liked in his school because he can provide a service for them. Although mm-hmm. in Charlie Bartlett's much more dangerous, he's giving out prescription medication. <laughs> Right, right. But that was the whole point is that yeah. it's like, you're right, it is dangerous. So why are adults doing this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or like, um, why are adults neglecting the, the needs of their children? Like, yeah. But um, so sex education's fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an English show about a kid whose mother is a sex therapist, and he ends up giving advice and help kids in his school with sex questions. Oh. And being it's an English show, there's a lot of sex. <laughs> a lot of it opens up with a scene of just plowing a lot of sex and all oh, types really? of sex all types of sex gay sex straight sex all types of sex i've heard people are big fans of it i've never watched it it's fun i like okay. it cool but uh, what's your obsession though i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um mm, I'm, I'm gonna say raspberry lattes because, Amen. Um, the environment is important, and it will affect every decision that we make moving forward, including my ability to get raspberry lattes. So help the environment, so I can have my raspberry syrup. Amen. Save the do it for me. Save the raspberries. Do it for me, please. Don't ruin the environment, and then I can't have my favorite fruit. We gotta save them. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's All right. Also, bees. I really bees. like bees now. I love yeah. bees. I've always loved bees. I did not like bees for a very long time until I actually um, went to my neighbor's like childhood home where his dad keeps bees, and then I like fell in love with them. They're beautiful, bees. They are beautiful. That's it. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Stay with us for this eerie solstice, this spook event this scary times this halloween season yep 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 be sure to follow us on the instagram at remember the zero zero s podcast find us where most podcasts are found just google it you'll Mm -hmm. find it spotify Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. god forbid apple if you have to if you're one of those people jeff bezos too jeff bezos on amazon yeah that guy but uh yeah that's it guys thank you so much what's the point of our next episode again um we'll figure sorry, it out sorry my brain is in a fog yeah that's okay that's the all end right. of the episode all right bye-bye bye-bye